Scottish Football Forums podcast. Today, I'm once again joined by Laurie, the co-host. Hello, Laurie. Hello. All right. And bringing back a guest from a couple of weeks ago, we have John. Hi, Hello, Craig. John. All right, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, I am good. I'm good. I'm sitting enjoying my, my nice John Smiths. Oh, I've got my, my cider. Laurie, what about you? <laughs> a cup of tea. <laughs> well, well. Whatever floats your boat. And the young one here as well. Yeah. So I thought we'd we'd start off with the League Cup. And I know that you probably won't want me to mention it. Laurie, were you a Hearts fan? And John, you're an Aberdeen fan. Aye, because you lot done much better, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the results, Aberdeen drew three each with East Fife and they ended up going out 4-3 to East Fife. Dundee United beat Airdrie United 2-0. A convincing win. Killy beat Queen of the South 5-0. Motherwell drew two each with Hibs, with Hibs winning 7-6 on penalties. St Mirren knocked St Johnson out 2-0. And on the Wednesday's games, Hearts got knocked out by Ayr after drawing one each. And they got beat 4-1 in penalties. Rangers got beat 3-2 of Falkirk and Celtic beat Ross County 2-0 so there's quite a few lower league teams if you will beating SPL uh, with Aberdeen probably being the, the shock of the round getting beat off East Fife but others well Hearts and Rangers and well maybe Motherwell being a bit of a shock as well especially with Hibs the way they've been playing how did you feel Laurie? getting beat off Air United. Never happy to lose, um, especially, well, with all due respect to Air United, to a team that we should really be beating. You know, they're bottom of the first division and we are, well, are claimed to be one of the be- the bigger teams in Scotland, certainly, obviously, with our third place finish in recent seasons. Um, wasn't surprised, though. I didn't think it was an especially a shock result and it never really is, I think, in the League Cup, especially when it comes to us. Um, I've been saying on the forum, I said before the match, I wasn't overly confident anyway. It was a kind of a windy, wet sort of evening up in um, a sort of old-fashioned type ground, they said, when um, the Hearts bus arrived. And, and um, obviously Sergio and his Portuguese back backroom got off and um, asked where the changing rooms were, but I think they were in the changing rooms at the time. They weren't very far. from. So the, the facilities weren't what they're used to from their time at Sporting Lisbon. So obviously it's a bit of a culture shock sometimes and for any of these, well, big teams, I say, it can often be difficult to go to these grounds because for A United, it's a kind of their cup final, you know, they'll tend to give a lot more because it's seen as a scalp, whereas a lot of the Hearts players be seeing it as, can I really be bothered? It's a lower division team and a cup that we never take seriously. And that's one of my problems is we never seem to take it seriously. And, you know, when you're outside the old firm, you've probably got, what, two trophies you'll win. You could win. It's rare that you win any of them anyway, but you've got the League Cup and the Scottish Cup. And I, I, I agree it's not as big a trophy as the Scottish Cup, but it's a trophy there. And to just go out so easily, we made eight changes and a lot of the players didn't seem that up for it. And whilst we still had most of the ball, I heard, and we still had a team well capable of beating Air United, it just came as a little surprise. And... Um, I think that was some of the topics between all the teams. I know Rangers made, I think, five changes for their game against Falkirk and Aberdeen made a few changes and they all kind of failed to deliver in the end. So there seems to be a certain level of disdain towards the League Cup and maybe a lack of respect from some of these SPL teams because, you know, in my eyes, trips to Ayr, trips to Ross County, trips to Falkirk are just as difficult, if not maybe more difficult, than playing away in some of the SPL some of the SPL teams. Aberdeen is five. I think Aberdeen are just on this slump at the moment and they seem to be appalling in cups in general. So maybe slightly different there. But yeah, there seems to be, certain to, seems to be a certain level of nonchalance from teams when it comes to the League Cup. Yeah, I think with ourselves, obviously, being at home against these five, bottom of the second division, when the, the job is made, I thought we were through, even though we've not been in great form. Um, but Typical of us, but our recent cup kind of run apart from last year. I think there's been about six times over the last few years we've been beaten by lower league teams. And 
maybe the worst thing was that at the end of the, the day when the result was kind of finalised, that a lot of fans weren't really that surprised in a way because it's just we've just become used to it. I did think though when we went two one up through Mackie that full time outfit at home we should be winning. Um, then obviously they came back to being three two, um, and we got maybe a, a possibly a fortunate penalty. I don't know if either of you saw it. The highlights at all? Yeah, um, I did. Remind me again what the penalty was for. It was Chalali. It was kind of going away from goal, and I don't know. I didn't look as if there was much contact. It was a bit of a soft one. Yeah, I think I, I think I do remember seeing it. I mean, that was for me was a turning point. Was that when it when it, they got the equaliser, and I presumed, you know. They've equalised the injury time. You know, East Fife are going to be guarded so close to that that win. And the main thing I thought, you know, East Fife are part-time. You know, they're not full-time. You know, a lot of them are teachers and whatnot through the day. And, you know, they'd finish work early, had to travel up and they had work the next morning. They don't train full-time. I thought SPL team, you know, the fitness is going to tell now. Another half an hour on top of that. But it didn't, apparently. East Fife kind of held their own even an extra time and could have won it in that. And a few people said mentioned to me they have a lot of doubts over Craig Brown's sort of um, it's fitness kind of training how he keeps the, the Aberdeen players in shape and maybe that has to be called into question as well you certainly expect especially you know when you're playing as you say second division team where that difference the drop from the first to the second where it generally goes to part time where they're not they're not even training all week would be a big issue but yeah I mean you look at these five results I think they got beat 6-0 at home to Dumbarton um, yeah. two weekends ago and it it just doesn't. It doesn't look good for Aberdeen, especially as you say when you're at home. I, I fully expected Aberdeen to go through comfortably, and you look at them last season. They played East Fife at home, and they were pretty terrible at that time as well. Aberdeen, and they won six nil, didn't they? They did, yeah, in January. Yeah. Um, I think what makes it even worse for ourselves is obviously with Hearts and Rangers both got out. Okay, we're not in the greatest of form, but a wee cup run can give the kind of club a bit of confidence. Yeah. But then, so. A lot of people, kind of, same as kind of Hearts, um, with the continuity, people, a lot of fans that I spoke to on Twitter were saying that, okay, we probably should have won with the team we put out, but still, we should have kind of kept with the same team that got the, that came back on last Saturday against Kilmarnock, and just give those players a chance to kind of get their confidence up. Especially for Aberdeen, um, I think. I mean, maybe not. I mean, with Hearts, we do have a ridiculously big squad. We, we must have the biggest first-team squad still in the league by far. When we can we can swap eleven players sometimes eleven then eleven in the next game and it's I think with Aberdeen when they are I mean we're not being great recently but I think Aberdeen especially are so low in confidence you'd think play the play your first choice team and if you if they end up winning five six nil then great you know maybe your strikers maybe Chalali or whoever fouling gets a couple of goals you know that could do wonders for them especially when they've not got well Fallon has now he's got that one from the penalty but you know they've not really started at the new club yet so yeah it's the type of game where you're on a slump like Aberdeen that maybe it would be the ideal time to get everyone's confidence up you'd think that Craig Brown with his experience wouldn't go into this knowing eh, or, or assuming that it's a, an easy game so yeah I was I was surprised that he'd let them well almost be put out in 90 minutes I think they're very lucky to go through and as you mentioned earlier that going into extra time I think 99 times out of 100, you're going to go for the SPL team in that respect because they are the ones that are training full-time. They're, they're the ones that, that should have that fitness. So, yeah, I think you're right to question uh, the fitness at the club because, well, how often are East Fife going to be training during the week? Once, maybe twice, and that that's on top of a, a full-time job. So they're not going to be able to put in as much as the Aberdeen players would hopefully do. And also, well, scoring two minutes into injury time, where I'm sure these five players were, were starting to think of the, the next round already. Because, well, it's natural if you're winning at that stage of the game. So to get that blow, you would think then that the the team who'd just come back would go on to win. But, but no, knocked out. Not to be. On a lighter note, um, I don't know if either of you heard the Craig Brown interview after the game. No, no, I've not heard it yet. No, I've got a, a clip of it here. If you just want to, if we will, we'll have a quick listen to it now. It basically, I was just um, they seemed to interview Craig Brown suspiciously close to the the changing room toilets, and um, the clip I've got is slightly censored to the one I originally heard, which I will admit was on a different um show. I kind of stole it from, but I thought it was funny. And if anyone's listening, maybe haven't heard it. I thought it would be quite amusing, so maybe 
put it on just now. Have a quick listen and uh, hear that Craig Brown seems to be standing directly next to the cubicles in the, the changing room toilets. Well, all I can say is that uh, I've not experienced this kind of situation before at any club or with the national teams. I've never lost to, dare I know, disrespect to his fight, but uh, I'm in a, a team from a lower division or a country from a much lower ranking. That didn't happen to me. Now, therefore, I'm hurting because it has happened. But I can see in a team, I'm looking at a football team here, and I can see what's That required. is brilliant. Well, that yeah, is superb. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it Craig Brown that's standing <laughs> down the pee? I don't know if that's what I was... <laughs> the first clip I heard, there was... Um, whoever was in the toilet before, it sounded like they were going for a number two (laughs) (laughs) but for some reason that isn't in the one I found I don't know if they maybe edited that bit out but there seemed to be uh, some dodgy noises it just seemed hard to have this interview right next to the the toilets (laughs) no I I, I like to imagine that they're both standing at the urinals just casually just chatting away (laughs) Um, but I I mean back to the results yeah away from Aberdeen obviously Rangers I think that was Possibly the bigger one of them, especially off the back of um, an impressive old firm victory. Uh, Falkirk, a very young side. I think players as young as 16 out there, so they'll be absolutely delighted. I know Stephen Presley likes to get very animated on the touchline, and I think uh, he would have been showing his delight down there after that win. Especially, again, similar to Aberdeen, when it looked like they'd thrown it away after being 2-0 up. That was, again, what shocked me a lot, that you know, they came back from that setback, losing the two-goal lead to then go and win, although I think a lot has to go down to Mr Alexander in the Rangers goal. Yeah, he seemed to get both hands on it, and, well, you just expect him to save that every time. I, I just don't know what happened. But then when, when the goal went in, the scorer, Miller, he ran across to the, the bench and he ended up in a, a bit of a pile-up, and Presley was there jumping about and to, to be honest, I was watching the highlights, so it wasn't during the game, but I was watching the highlights, and I was w- willing Presley to jump on top. I just thought he wants to join in. Uh, he, he, he has, he has uh, infuriated and fallen out with a few um, opposing support, I think, I think, with some of his actions on the on the touchline. But he's, he's always been quite a passionate guy, and he always liked that sort of uh, fist-pumping, chest-banging uh sort of celebrations when he was at Hearts and then we loved it and then I remember he came back to Tynecastle with Celtic and done the same thing to their stands and the people still haven't forgiven him for that but you know there you go yeah but I think you'd much rather have somebody passionate than somebody who just just can't be bothered but yeah I thought that Alagui looked good I think he his two goals well especially the second one he, there's no way he should have won that but he just had the desire just so, yeah, it was a good result for Falkirk, definitely. It cheered me up anyway after Tuesday night, seeing Falkirk beat Rangers. Yeah, I'm not sure many would have suspected that happening. Especially, well, Rangers did make a few changes, but they were still putting out a team that should have been able to to deal with Falkirk. And I don't know, I'm not sure if it's, it's all in their minds or not, because maybe beating Celtic was a bad thing. Maybe it just got them a bit too hyped up. In terms of the cup, I mean, I did open a, a little thread on the forum after Wednesday, uh, and p- focusing particularly on Hearts because every season I feel like we seem to get no matter how. I mean, a lot of people forget that even under under Burley, under his great run, his one defeat, which everyone actually seems to forget completely, he did have one defeat, and it was in the League Cup, and it was against Livingston, and he kind of changed the team around a bit and rested a couple of players, and it seems to happen every year, no matter how well or how badly we're doing, we'll play in the League Cup, we'll play a lower league team, and we'll place, change it, change it around a bit. And even then, the players who come in don't seem to really want to kind of go out there and risk kind of injury or too much in that game, because, you know, we've got the SPL coming at the weekend. So I put the forum out there saying, you know, is there a bit of lack of respect and kind of commitment when it comes to these games? And... I mean, a few people commented, I mean, in terms of Celtic, John A. Robb said that the Celtic changes they made midweek against Ross County in a game they obviously won 2-0 were not to give players a rest or to treat the tournament lightly. They had to be made for a couple of reasons, suspension, injury, tactical, and they actually strengthened the squad. So Celtic certainly didn't seem to make a a great deal of uh, changes to their team. 
and then obviously Japes had actually replied to that saying Celtic's team last night was very close to the best. Lennon has some of the players who get who got a game last night should have been playing at Ibrox. Lennon needs to stop tinkering with his team because of his unfathomable tactics. If the team is winning, then leave it alone. Um, I mean, JB, you yourself, you commented saying it seems often an incon- as inconvenient an inconvenience to play in this tournament. It may be the least prestigious trophy to win, but you said you'd love Aberdeen to win it anyway. And it, as you say, can can it be good for a club and build confidence? Yes, yeah, it's, it's still a trophy at the end of the day. But however much that we'll call it a, a Diddy Cup, and even a Celtic fan at work the next day after Rangers were knocked out, it was him that was saying, "Look, it's just a Diddy Cup. Uh, you're not going to be that bothered about it." And I was like, "Well, it may be a Diddy Cup, but it's still a cup. It's still part of the." The treble, the double, the single—it's—it's it's still, a, still a trophy. So it's still there to be won. It's so it—it it still hurts getting put out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it does surprise me more with the teams outside. I can understand to degree Rangers and Celtic because bottom line is, if at the end of the season, it's—it's it's the SPL is the main thing. Scottish Cup is quite important as well because it's quite a kind of prestigious tournament in our country. It's the same in England. A lot of English teams, a lot of the bigger teams, the Chelsea's, the Arsenal's, the Man United's, they won't play their full team in the Carling Cup because they don't care so much. They've got Champions League games to play. They've got Premier League games to play and then they'll have the FA Cup later in the season, which they'll all take seriously. I can understand. Rangers and Celtic, they've got bigger things to win. But for Hearts, for Aberdeen, for teams like that, it, we're only going to have two trophies we can win. And the likelihood is... You're not going to win either, as I say. And the Scottish Cup, you know, who knows? You could get drawn away to Rangers or Celtic in the in the fourth fourth round of the Scottish Cup, and then that could be that gone. I mean, to go out so easily to teams like Air United and East Fife, and yeah, you've got to give them credit. You know, I don't want to take anything away from them. It's big games for them. They still have to come out and beat players who are better than them. You know, so it's it's brilliant to see those teams winning. Great for those clubs and for these nice little grounds full and those night. It must be great, but. At the same time, you see now Aberdeen are out, Motherwell are out, and I'm from a Hearts fan's point of view, Rangers are out, and I'm thinking all we need is you know Celtic could lose East Road in the next round, and suddenly it's got to be a non-old firm team who wins it, and that might happen. You know, it might end up being it might end up being a Dundee United or a Hibs who win the cup, and then you'll feel a bit gutted because you're like, well, we could have gone through, but we got put out by teams who we should be beating. You know, nine times out of ten, we should be beating them. So that's that's yeah. the main disappointment thing for me, especially out for a team outside the old firm. I think to go out so kind of weakly. I thought I'd uh, go through the the draw for the the next yeah. round of the the cup. Sure. The well, it'll be the quarterfinals, won't it? Well, yeah. Indeed, yeah. So, Air United are travelling to St Mirren. Dundee United are facing Falkirk. Hibs have been drawn against Celtic. And Kelly have been drawn against East Fife. Looking at that, I think it's it's difficult to look past the SPL teams. Yeah. But I think that uh, St Mirren, I think maybe could struggle against Air. I think they they've already put out was uh, Inverness they put out in the round before. Mm-hmm. Hearts, so well they could make that a treble. But yeah, I think the smart money would be on all four SPL teams going through, and the Hibs Celtic. I I think it's just. It's going to be Celtic because, well, Hibs have shown in the league that although the although O'Connor scoring goals, and well maybe they did get a, a nice draw at the weekend there. I just can't see them getting anything from that. So it's St Mirren, Dundee United, Celtic, and Kelly for me. I'd I'd go with that, but I, w- I mean I wouldn't say the Hibs Celtic would be a foregone conclusion. I think a midweek game Celtic, you know, depending on what the fixtures are around it, I've I've not actually looked, but. They won't maybe want to play the same eleven weekend midweek weekend. I don't know. I, I maybe I just don't think it might be won't be quite as easy for Celtic as it may well have been a couple of months ago. I think Hibs are starting to improve a lot. Certainly in front of goal, they're leaking a fair bit as well. So you know maybe it could be a six or seven goal thriller. But um, yeah, I, I can't see past it. Mirren United, Kelly, and then probably Celtic as well into the semi-finals. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think. The four clubs mentioned will probably be runs that go through, but you never know. Maybe it'll be an cup shock. We'll see what happens. It, it would be not. I mean, it would be good in a way to see, you know, potential even if it's not the semi-finals in the final to be an all sort of non-old firm final because you, you very rarely get them. And although part of me thinks so, oh, 
it's, it's sort of like when it's not the old, we kind of discount the old firm. We're not competing against the old firm. We're competing against an SDSBL. So if United are winning a trophy, then it's a, it's one up on them on the likes of Hearts and Aberdeen. But it would be good to see, you know, like a United Kelly or St Mirren United final. Off, okay, maybe it might mean the Hamden's half full, but. <laughs> That's a, a lot of what the, the cup's about. The, the romance of the cup, uh, a smaller team getting the their one shot at glory, whether that is an actual chance in the final or, or even just the, the Falkirk kids there beating Rangers. I'm sure that the, the, that's that's made their uh, made their day, made their, their career so far. Yeah. Following on from the League Cup games during the week, the first game of the weekend for in the SPL was Dunfermline versus Rangers, which Rangers won 4-0 in a, a comfortable victory. Did you did you watch it, Laurie? I didn't watch the um, game live. No, I actually chose the English game that was on at the time. <laughs> I know it was shocking. tempting, though. Was it Man City Everton? Yeah, probably made the wrong choice. Oh, well, maybe not. It was a closer game by all accounts, um, but certainly didn't seem to be as much action. Um, I saw the highlights. I read the match report. Um, it sounded that it was pretty much. One-way traffic. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Jim McIntyre. Afterwards, I saw his interview saying, uh, "Who's who's got the whiskey?" That's um, that's how bad it was for them. I think he was driven to the bottle because his team just, uh, from the highlights, from what I read, it was four going on about fourteen. It seemed like. Yeah, I just I only watched the highlights uh, just earlier today, um, and it seemed yeah, pretty comfortable for Rangers. The only kind of maybe the maybe the big talking point I would say. Uh, Naismith on McCann. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. Whether he should have still been on the pitch to score a third and fourth goals. Um, I think I saw earlier as well that the SFA are going to look into it, I think, or possibly. Yeah, well, I hope they do because uh, we're watching it live. You've seen that uh, there was a bit of a tussle. Was it with McCann? Yeah. In the back. Austin the... McCann, Hearts hero. You play for Hearts, I think. Uh, Naismith was. You can understand that Naismith's maybe getting held and he's trying to brush him away, but that definitely wasn't a brush for me. That that was that was lashing out. That was trying to get him with the elbow, trying to get him with the arm, and McCann went down, and Naismith seemed to go straight away to apologise. I, I don't know if he. I love when footballers do something wrong and then put their arms out to their sides as if, well, I didn't do anything. You know, look, yeah. it wasn't me. I was surprised McCann actually said he... McCann said afterwards he thought it was accidental, but I think it was because he was looking at the ball. It didn't, didn't look accidental to me. It gave me... It reminded oh. me of Colin Hendry versus San Marino, which, you know, remember at the time the boy almost swallowed his tongue. And, it, you know, can cause some damage. You know, I thought it looked pretty vicious, to be honest. And I think I'll be very surprised if he doesn't get some sort of reprimand for that. Yeah. Um, and I think the debate kind of raged on the forum a bit, started by Breen77, um, who brought it up very diplomatically? He wasn't kind of overcritical of Naismith as such. He was. He did mention that um, as a Scotland fan, he was delighted to see how much Naismith has developed, and he wished Levine would play Naismith in a more direct role for Scotland. But he does. He did mention that um, even since his Kelly days, he has a horrible element to his game, whether it be his diving or general overaggressive attitude in play. Um, to be honest, I, I've never known him to be especially aggressive in terms of his tackling or elbowing, but I think. There's no doubt Naismith gets involved in far too many things, which he shouldn't do. He's always in there, mouthing off, confronting players, and <laughs> his diving is certainly something I've noticed. Maybe not so much this season, but in past seasons, he gets very frustrated. And it must be annoying because he's one of the better Scot- Scottish players just now, and he's such a key player for Rangers. So I imagine for a Rangers fan, it must be frustrating as well because he's kind of his own worst enemy at times. He'll score a couple of goals, he makes great runs... He's fast, he can take players on, he, he's one of your better players, but he gets involved in things he really shouldn't. I was surprised to see him lash out because I said on the forum that I didn't see him as a dirty player. Not in not in the respect where he he lashes out at players, where he goes in with hard tackles, but how often do you see him moaning on a pitch? I, I think he's actually worse than Kenny Miller, and he was very bad for the moaning, 
but he's always whinging to the referee. Even just like little offside decisions, yeah, you can be frustrated, but don't scream and shout at the linesman or the referee because that kind of thing is going to be remembered. And even if it's not a yellow card immediately, it's going to be remembered for later on, and it's just going to get you in trouble. So yeah, I just I just wish it he could cut that out of his game. I think that it's something that that should be easy to cut out your game. That just don't do he's, it. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's done the hard bit. He's He's practiced, he's got himself to a level where he's scoring, I think he's scored eight goals in the SPL already. I think he's done the hard bit, and now he just needs to keep a level head. Well, John A. Robb said as well, pretty much what you said, said for a while that Naismith is a whinging little git, I can say git, um, bags of ability and gives so much in effort, but he does get involved in too many incidents. So if this goes um, further, he has only himself to blame. Any disciplinary action may be harsh, but fair. I mean, on the other kind of side, Sheeny Bob says, um, I see worse and more dangerous incidents in most games I watch. Uh, it seems that Rangers games have been scrutinised and commented on by Celtic fans on a more frequent basis these days. Decisions they got, decisions the opposing teams didn't get, refereeing, bookings, red cards, blah, blah. The radio was full of it. Now the Scottish football forums. I have to disagree, to be honest. I didn't think it was... I don't see worse than that. I've seen worse. I don't say... I th- I've not, I don't see worse on a regular basis, I wouldn't say. And, you know, let's not go overboard, you know, he's, it's not the worst thing ever. He's, we're not expecting him to be banned for weeks and weeks, but I think something has to be. I think we have video evidence these days. We see players getting pulled up for it all the time. I think in this instance, you know, the referee's not seen it. I don't know what angle he was at, but to me, it looks like a deliberate elbow in Austin McCann's face, and that has to go with some punishment. I would agree. I don't know. Has there been any other kind of similar circumstances because of anything last season that players getting done? And Alan McGregor, he got done for a kick out at a player, and he didn't connect. Oh yeah, that was certainly wasn't that that probably wasn't as bad as a Naismith one really, was it? It was silly. If he'd connected, it was it was definitely a red card. Perhaps if the referee had seen it, it would have been a red card. But I'm sure he got done for it. I'm not sure what the punishment was, but I remember it reaching the news. That they were looking into it. Yeah, I mean, back to the. I mean, we don't want to. I mean, we don't want to seem too, too much focus on that because I think overall, um, Rangers would be very pleased with this sort of reaction, especially after the Falkirk game. Yeah. Um, there was a bit of a, an American, an American swan song there. Good influence from the U.S. of A. with um, Edu and Bocanegra both getting the goals in the first half. Edu's especially was a good strike from a player who's been much maligned this season. He's come in for a bit of criticism, but I thought he took his goal really well. And yeah. um, overall, I think it's hard for me to tell so much from the highlights, but Stephen Davis certainly seemed to be one of his really good displays. I mean, he is generally one of the better Rangers players, but I thought he looked really influential with his driving runs from kind of the back to midfield to support in the attack. And overall, I think Rangers looked pretty rampant. The, the next game thought we'd talk about is the Hibs versus Dundee United game mm-hmm. which oh going back to the Dunfermline Rangers game yeah. I thought we'd mention our predictions oh we probably should yeah. did you get it right or something Craig is that why you're mentioning it no, no we both no, I was, didn't we I was just going to mention that nobody would have suspected a draw in that Hibs Dundee United game so I thought I'd, it just reminded me to go back but I went for 3-0 same as Laurie but Greg... He went 4-0, didn't he? He went for 4-0. I'll need to find out if he got any money on that. Probably not. <laughs> so the, the Hibs-Dundee United game, I had went for 2-1, and Laurie was, was in a copying mood, so he went for 2-1 <laughs> as well. And Greg, he went for the same. But yeah, I was I was listening to the, the radio, I think it was Clyde 1, during the game, and really surprised that Hibs managed to bring this back to 3 each after going 3-1 behind. I, d- I don't know how it happened, how Dundee United managed to let two goals in, in the space of basically a couple of minutes, especially when they seem to be commanding the game. And I don't know, a go-go as well, scoring a goal after making a, a mistake earlier on in the game. He would have been chuffed with that. John, did you did you see any of the game? Yeah, I saw some of the highlights earlier. Um, I thought, well, even well, yesterday actually when I was following it, I thought once Dundee United had gone 3-1 up that that was probably it. Um, didn't expect Hibs to come back into it, but 
but uh, can I game in midweek against Motherwell in the cup? That's obviously given Hibs a bit of confidence. And then I think yesterday's result, that'll give them a bit of confidence as well. The main thing is just now O'Connor scoring a lot of goals, which is definitely helping Hibs. Yeah, yeah, I think it's five this season. I think, was it eight overall? Yeah, in all competitions. Yeah, they've, they've shown a bit of resilience as well now, though. You know, to come back from 3-1 behind, you know. I said in the forum, credit where credit's due after their cup win against Motherwell in the week, which was a good result for Parks. Not an easy place to go, and they managed to win three on penalty. So, yeah, to come back from 3-1 behind, you know, they certainly seem to be starting to score goals. They still look fairly shaky at the back, but not a bad result. You know, United have a very good record against Hibs. O'Connor, I mean, Levine was in the stand as well. And I think he must have been impressed by O'Connor, who's he seems to be looking fitter every game as well. Seems to be getting his match fitness gradually back, and I'm sure he must at least be under consideration for Scotland. We don't have a kind of plethora of decent strikers. Swanson looked good as well midfield. One thing I was surprised at they dropped Brown, who was kind of their saviour in the week, saved like two or three penalties, and they dropped him for Stack, and Stack made yet another error. Well wasn't the worst error, but thought he should have held the go- the one for the, was it United uh, equal? Yeah. So I was surprised yeah. at that. You know, I, I kind of, I don't really rate Stack. Mark Brown was always quite a solid keeper. You know, his yeah, form at Inverness got him to move to, to uh, Celtic yeah. for a while, even though he never really won the, the kind of number one shirt there. I think he was under Boric, who was always fairly, uh, fairly easy first pick. Um, I did read that Caldwood says he wants um, 10 home wins by the end of the season which seemed quite uh, optimistic, to be honest, considering they've played four so far and they haven't got any. So <laughs> that seemed, uh, seemed a very optimistic target. But yeah, I think it seemed a very entertaining game, very open. Hibs will be pleased at least that they're starting to get goals. They'll just need to kind of try and maybe keep it a bit tighter at the back. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Levine was at the game because, well, you mentioned O'Connor, he has been scoring for fun with five goals and, and eight in all competitions. But I think the, the Swanson's another one that is definitely worth a shout for the, the Scotland squad, especially the way he's been playing this season. I think he's he's come on leaps and bounds since well, since Dundee United lost a lot of their midfield. He's, he's getting the chances now where maybe Conway was the, the big name down that side. Yeah, he should definitely. I think he'll have a chance of getting in the squad. Um, Lavina will obviously know him well. We kind of his manager. He was the one that brought him from Berwick, wasn't he? Yeah, was, Swanson. He was indeed. Yeah. Was it? La- was it in the last podcast we we're talking that Levine said he was the best player he's the most talented he's, footballer he's ever worked with? He said, "I." So yeah, you'd be surprised if he didn't bring him in after kind of such statements as that. And I, I do rate the boy as well. He's one of these ones that is kind of the mystery in Edinburgh how he how he was playing for um, Leith Athletic and how Hearts of Hibs neither, neither of them ever seemed to come across him. It was one of these ones that seems to have went under the radar, especially Hibs, I think, because apparently he's a Hibs fan and he grew up in Leith, so you wonder why he was never kind of picked up at some point by them. So the the next game, and John will appreciate me bringing this up, is Motherwell against Aberdeen. Do we have to? Can we not just skip this one? We'll, we'll keep it brief because it was an <laughs> awful game. I, I unfortunately... Um, you know, with my luck, I decided to pick one out. Hearts weren't playing on the Saturday, so I picked one out of the four games it was on to listen to online, and I picked Aberdeen and Motherwell at Fir Park, and it was dire. The commentator at halftime just turned to the co-commentator, I can't remember who it was who was doing it, and just said, this isn't very good, is it? And he just went, <laughs> and he just said, it's dreadful. And it sounded like it was. By all accounts, Motherwell deserved their victory in the end, they kind of they were the ones who had a couple of chances. They hit the woodwork a couple of times, but um, overall it just sounded woeful all round. And Aberdeen just seemed to have to have nothing, just to offer nothing at all, especially in attack. And it must be concerning. I was saying to JB earlier that I, although I, I did know if I thought about it, but Aberdeen have failed to score in seven of their nine SPL games so far this season, and that is just. And I think, I think, JB, you said that they're only one of two teams in the UK who haven't scored away from home this season, is it? Yeah, Aberdeen and Exeter. <laughs> they are the, the only two. Um, I, I spotted that on Twitter, one of the kind of boys I speak to on there yesterday as well. Um, I only saw the highlights, obviously, but we had a few half chances from Scott Verdon, 
Ferran just doesn't look like the same player he was last year. Um, when he managed to score a good few goals from us, and it's pretty dire not scoring away from home yet. I mean, even I think we've got four goals in total so far, which is is poor. Uh, and they've been majority from defenders. Um, yeah. It's it's desperate times just now. It's but saying that though, we're only the, the league's so tight this year that a couple of wins, if we can get them, then you're kind of back in the mix for top six. We don't like it. But that's only six points behind Hearts. I mean, the one thing I say with Aberdeen that I'd be concerned at is I look at every team down there and I look at, you know, Hibs are struggling, but they seem to be able to start scoring goals now. Dunfermline, up and down, but, you know, there, are, there seem to be some games where they can score quite freely. United, up and down again. Kilmarnock play quite expansive football. And I'd say the one saving grace for Aberdeen just now is Inverness, who are the only team below them. But I think Inverness must have been one of the most unlucky teams this season. Like they're on, they should have beaten us, I think, based on the balance of play. Against Celtic at the weekend, I thought they created a fair few chances. I think I saw them against yeah, Motherwell definitely. and they got beat 3-0, but they had created a lot of chances. So I think the worrying thing for Aberdeen is, they, for me, they seem to be performing the, wor- the, team, the worst team performance-wise so far in the league this, this season. And they, yeah. they do need to... I know what you're saying, that you know a couple of wins it is very close, but just seeing how they're playing... Just to me, I mean, it's like, well, you could say the other way around. It's like, if Hearts had won today, we could have been going into the Celtic game next week with a chance to go level on points with them, which sounds ridiculous. But it's because it's that early point in the season, everyone's generally still quite congested. Mm. But yeah, I'd be worried by just, they just seem to have nothing. And Billy Dodds, former Aberdeen striker, brought it up today. And and he was saying he he doesn't understand why people think that Aberdeen have a better team than last season because he thinks that at best they have a similar team to last season quality-wise. And I kind of agree with him. I don't see what's so much better about the Aberdeen players they have this season in comparison to last season. And they're missing one of the, the key players from last season, which was Maguire, who they don't have now. They've got five way back from injury, I suppose. That's I just think they're, they're, rest, they're resting too much on his shoulders. I don't even know if it might even be detrimental for him long-term because he's only 18 and he's a great, he's a cracking prospect. But as I stated on the forum before, when they played at Tynecastle, he seemed to be the one player with confidence on the ball and who was driving things on. And it's like when an 18-year-old is your one player who seems to have something about him, things aren't going well. And it was it was captain Ricky Foster again, who he did it against Celtic, who kind of sort of dallied on the ball a bit and got tackled for the goal. Um, yeah, and he looked yeah. like he was going to actually grab him with his hands. Yeah, he looked like he did try and foul him, but he couldn't even do that right. And uh, Greg, or One Man Clapping, our guest in the last couple of podcasts, obviously a Motherwell fan, he said um, on a forum... Bob McHugh saves the day. Superb individual goal from nothing. Long ball down the wing. Defender in charge. Tries to knock about the keeper. McHugh slides, slides in to win the ball into the box. Steps inside and drills it low into the keeper's left. Delighted for the boy who in 10 minutes of the game showed 10 times more desire and impact than Murphy and Higdon did for the for 80 minutes. Massive three points for well and a sweet victory over Ald Brun. Um, if I was a Dons fan, I'd be starting to get seriously worried. A team lacking in quality in every part of the park. I'm going to enjoy my cans later. And then he says, um, G-I-R-F-U-Y Brun. And I think most people know what that stands for. <laughs> so uh, I'd went for a, a 3-0 victory to Motherwell. Laura, you'd went for a 2-0 victory. And Greg had went for a 3-0. So we, we managed to get one point on the, the Scottish Football Forums predictor, at the very least. Point each, aye. Uh, the next game up is St Mirren against Kilmarnock and St Mirren strolled this one from what I've seen they they ended up winning 3-0 I'd went for a 1-0 victory in a predictor Laurie I think you'd went two each yeah I, draw. I, didn't, I didn't expect it to be so one-sided although I must say there was um, a bit of controversy after that game Kenny Shields was pretty few minutes some of the decisions and there was a bit of controversy with the the penalty, which made it 2-0, which I, I, I don't think these are penalty kicks. And myself and um, Black Dog were having a bit of a, a debate about handballs and penalty kicks following the Man United-Stoke game at the weekend. Yeah. And um, I did decide to start quoting FIFA FIFA rules. But um, basically, it, it's still, as far as I'm aware, it still stands that it's to do with it's the movement of the hand towards the ball and if it's deliberate. And to me, if the players, he looked about four, three, four yards away from him and the guy belted the cross and the player's hand didn't move, it just hit off it. And I just, 
I think those are just rubbish penalties to get. Understand if they stick their arm out in the way of the ball and they stop it going in. But you know, the your hands they're there. The ball's gonna hit it sometimes. I, I hate those kind of penalties. So I did agree with Shields on that one. There was a kind of a bit of an iffy offside as well, but it's very hard to tell. As I've stated in previous weeks, if a game's not live on t- TV, we generally get one camera angle, so yeah. it was it was hard yeah. to tell about that. Laurie, I thought that I'd, I I would read out that your your update on the the law from the the FIFA website because I actually found it very interesting. If you want, yeah, well, I mean that one. It was the latest I could find. I think it was that one. I, the the last one I posted, I think I posted a second one, was about nine, I think. So I didn't know if they'd maybe updated it very recently, but that yeah. was there. Well, you said handling the ball involves a deliberate act of a player making contact with the ball with his hand or arm. The referee must take the following into consideration. The movement of the hand towards the ball, not the ball towards the hand. The distance between the opponent and the ball, unexpected ball. I'm not sure about that. The, the position of the hand does not necessarily mean that there is an infringement, which is very surprising. Well, that's, I mean, I think that's kind of key, isn't it? Because a lot of people say, oh, his hand was out there. But, it's unnatural, is often quoted, yeah. But I think if that's the law, then, I mean, that's saying that, and I, I agree with that. You know, sometimes if you're running, I've said before, your hands aren't necessarily going to be, well, they shouldn't be because no one runs like that, you know, flat by your side. It's, awkward mm-hmm. it's weird you're automatically balancing yourself so your hands are out they're moving you're jumping you're you know your hands fly about and unless if the ball goes in and maybe it's even not deliberate but if he if he moves his hand out, out and it, then it hits the ball i understand that but if his hands out anyway and the player simply kicks the ball off of it I, I, it seems so harsh to give a penalty for that i yeah. really I, and i think by the look of the law then that's they shouldn't be given penalties for that when i read that there's a, a couple of points at the end which are, are quite funny. Uh, touching the ball with an object held in the hand, uh, <laughs> for example, clothing or a shin guard counts as an infringement. So if, so if ever you see anybody holding, I, I don't know, a, well, it says a shin guard there, taking their shin guard off, trying to block it with that, then that's not allowed. Also, hitting the ball with a thrown object this, this... or a shin guard counts as an infringement. <laughs> this used to, there used to be an excellent section on Talk Sport where they, it was called the Referees a Winter, and they used to get Jeff Winter on, you know, the ex-professional yeah. ref. Yeah, and basically, uh, a Rangers fan. And uh, basically people had to send in ridiculous things, and he had to try and say what call it would be, and there was ones like, if the keeper got lobbed, and whilst the ball was going on the air, he took his boot off threw at the ball and managed to knock it away from goal. But yeah, that, that that's was... a handball apparently. <laughs> well then, well I'm just thinking, would it if it's the goal if what if it if it was the defender then yeah, but if it's the goalkeeper who's allowed to handle it, is he then allowed to All throw right. object? Uh, right now? Uh, good point, good point. I just thinking now it was a defender that uses the example I think, but if it was the keeper, I wonder if he's allowed to take his boot off and throw it at the ball. Yeah, or use his shin guard. <laughs> Maybe he couldn't quite re- if he can't quite reach the ball, he could hold his shin guard out and kind of tip it wide. I don't know. It's it's a it's a minefield now. <laughs> and the uh, the final game of the weekend. Oh no, sorry, sorry. The final game of Saturday. Yeah. Was a Celtic game against Inverness Kelly Thistle, which Celtic won two 0 But the highlights that I've seen anyway definitely suggested that two 0 flattered Celtic. I thought the, both their goals were very well taken. Ledley's goal was well worked by Kyle with a, a lovely step over and an inch-perfect pass to set Ledley up. Forrest continues his scoring streak. I think he's got five goals in the league so far, which for a, a winger, he's got four goals that so far. For a winger, that's, that's a brilliant return. But going by the highlights, I thought... Uh, BFD looked very shaky. Forster, apart from a save late on in the, I think it was the second half, he looked shaky as well. I was listening to the radio and they were very critical of Celtic's defence. And I'm not really sure what Lennon can do about that because I heard that Wilson's out for, Kelvin Wilson, he's out for maybe 10 weeks. Yeah, 8 to 10 weeks, yeah. A tear to his Achilles, uh, Chad Uri. He's out, Azagiri's out. I think they're looking very short at the back. It 
certainly I've, I read the report on it and from what I heard from Celtic fans they were pretty unimpressed and from what I saw it seemed like yeah, Inverness were kind of unlucky and I think the problem with Celtic is this the team bought in the SPL and they've got um, Udinese who are I believe joint top of Serie A so they can't kind of give teams better teams those sort of chances and obviously proved against Rangers that they're not kind of the finished article at the moment um, the Wilson one will be a bit of a blow I think both goals as well Butcher will be disappointed I think both came from Inverness set pieces one with a throw one was a corner and Celtic kind of broke and scored they'll obviously take the win you know it's a 2-0 win and they always say that's a sign of the champions when they don't play especially well and they get out, they grind out the result but yeah, yeah certainly not especially inspiring by Celtic a um, couple of decent finishes but not much more to say on it other than it is a blow to have Wilson out, especially with how kind of shaky <clears throat> uh, BFD has been looking and certainly how unconvincing Leuven's generally is as well. Yeah, they've not got many options there after they like They've got Mulgrew, who was suspended yesterday. Um, and apart from Ronya is back on the bench yesterday, yesterday. So maybe he might come in on Thursday. It's been a while since I've seen him. Yeah. He was on the bench yesterday. Um, and I think that boy won Yama that they signed in the summer. Mm-hmm. Support, he can play centre back, but yeah. it doesn't look great at centre back for him. The the final oh, I should go through the predictions, shouldn't I? Uh, I had went for a comprehensive four 0 victory for Celtic, and Laura, you copied me as well. <laughs> Greg was even more optimistic and went for five 0 so a point apiece there. And uh, the final game and I've got it right this time, this was the final game of the weekend on Sunday was St. Johnson versus Hearts, which, Laurie, I'm sure you enjoyed if you managed to see it. The the game finished 2-0 to St. Johnson. Luckily, I didn't see it. Um, I was working, but I managed to listen to it, so almost just as bad, but toothless from Hearts, from what I heard. Um, no arguments for the scoreline. Sound like St. Johnson thoroughly deserved it, and don't really know where to go from there. I, I said before the game wasn't especially confident. The way we're playing just now, it doesn't seem to suit us away from home, especially against a kind of well-organised, stuffy sort of team with St. Johnston. Um, it seemed like cancelling each other out for a while, but then that first goal came, and that's when we have to try and come out. But Stephen Elliott up front by himself, lacking in kind of creative creativity or guile in the centre of the park, we just never seemed to sound like getting anything out of it so very disappointing display and at times I have said I do like the philosophy Sergio's trying to imprint but at times because of we're not really used to that we seem to be good at holding possession but then never going anywhere with it and you know it's all well and good passing the ball around in your own half and keeping it from the opposition but you know you've got to do something with it eventually and Stephen Elliott up front on his on his own isn't going to get it, and it's ridiculous because you know we've got players like John Sutton who don't even make the bench most weeks now, and it's just it's, it's silly to a degree that we, we're we're sitting there. You know, you look at other SPL teams who they, they only have one striking option; they have to do it. We've got so many players we could play in attacking positions, not just we could have Scatcho behind someone, and we just don't use them. He seems very set and a bit worrying, but yep, yeah, well done, St. Johnson. It'll be a good win for them. I was surprised to see uh, Templeton was on the bench uh, today for Hearts. Is he out of favour or Sergio not rating him? He's not been playing much either recently. No, he's, uh, he's taken a bit of the width away, which, again, that's another disappointing thing. But yeah, players like Templeton, Scatchel, Sutton are suddenly um, lucky to get on the bench. <laughs> so, Johnson are, are doing well recent weeks with Sandaza. I think he set up both the goals today for Sheridan. Yeah. He's chipped in with a few as well. They seem to, that could be a wee partnership they've got going after their struggles last year. They, they struggled for goals big time last year. But Sundaza yeah. and Sheridan seem to be doing quite well. I'm not, allowed to, I'm not allowed to mention. <laughs> Surprised Craig wasn't straight in there. Um, <laughs> a couple of better reaction on the forum from it, um, from some people who did see the game. Black Dog said it was a very deserved win for Saints. Fully expected more from the Hearts. Uh, bring back Sutton, I say. So, um, for, by that sounds, yeah, from what I heard as well, pretty much fully deserved win for Johnson. And I have nothing else to say on it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> prediction-wise, uh, me and Laurie had went for one each. So, I got that wrong. 
Anne went for and Greg went for two one to Hearts. So yeah, a very surprising result. So I thought we'd look ahead to the SPL games that are coming up, and well, we've got some midweek games with Rangers facing Killy on Tuesday. Uh, Rangers Killy, I went for three nil. Laurie, what's your prediction? I went for I think oh, it's not going to be this again. I went for three <laughs> nil Rangers. <laughs> right, John, what are you thinking? Uh, I've gone for two one to Rangers. And that's the only game on Tuesdays, and it's it's not on telly. I assume that Platini's still stamping his feet and saying that because the Champions League is on, that nobody's allowed to show any TV games. On Wednesday, Hibs face Johnson. I went, I went, to, for... I went 2 1 before you say yours. 2 1 Hibs. Did you? Oh, I went 2 1 St. Johnson. Oh. I, I was thinking there that you've been reading my sheet. John, what are you thinking? See, I had gone for 1 0 before today to Hibs. Um, but after St. Johnson today, I don't know whether to stick with that or maybe change. Or maybe go for a 1 0 draw, actually. I think I'll maybe change that for Hibs St. Johnson. 1 0. I know. And a Friday game, which is the first in a, in a while for the SPL. Aberdeen versus Dunfermline. And sorry, John, but I'm going to have to go for a 0 0 draw. A Paul Band scoreline there, a 0 0. <laughs> we all love a bit of Paul Band 0 0. Yep. I, I think he's still, I think he's leading the overall predictor. I've went 1 1. the cat back? Aye. Yeah. Just try to get her say. What, what did she say? 1-1? One, one. Okay, I'll go one, Wendy, one. Wendy the Cat. I'll go 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I think both teams will be looking for a bit of a response. So, I almost went for an arrow Aberdeen win. I, I could see the team sneaking it, to be honest. Um, Dunfermline are very up and down. Um, you know, they seem completely woeful against Rangers, but they can score goals, but they can concede a lot, whereas Aberdeen seems to certainly be the problem at the other end of the park in scoring them. So, I don't see many goals, but I can't. I can't separate them, so I'm going to go one apiece. Um, I'll go for Aberdeen to to win one now. Uh, I'll be bold, and positive. Positive. We can get a win at home. But it'll be interesting to see what the crowd's like on Friday. Whether it'll work out, I don't know. It seems a bit of a weird choice for the Friday night game. Well, we'll address. I think we'll address kind of some of the crowds in, in future podcasts. I was going to mention actually someone who brought up sort of fans going to games was outside mid on Twitter. Just give him a wee mention because he's a regular listener and he um he's always giving us a good plug via Twitter. Aye, so yeah, he's very very complimentary. If you want to if you want to follow him, he's a uh, I think he's blogs a bit. A uh, Tottenham Hotspur fan, focuses on English, Scottish, and German football. So if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at outside mid. So it's outside M I D. Give him a wee follow. And yeah, he just brought up in terms of fans, the uh, kind of crowds being down and fans are going to games. So I think, especially after the Friday night game, we'll certainly address sort of the problem with supporters going to matches again, and and maybe include that within the discussion on standing at football. We'll hopefully cover that in podcasts in maybe the next two weeks or so. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we've got enough time. Yeah, uh, on Saturday, the I thought we'd start with Dundee United Motherwell, which I've predicted for a three-two home win. Laurie, what are you thinking? I'm going two-two. Um, um, Motherwell and Dundee United usually serve up quite an entertaining clash, and I think, although Motherwell were quite poor again, um, I think the win will give them a bit of confidence back after a couple of bad results. So. Entertaining open clash and two-two. Yeah, I think I would go with two all as well. They're both capable of scoring goals certainly. So yeah, two all. And the next up is Inverness against St Mirren, and I've went for a St Mirren victory for this and two 0 I'm going two one Inverness. I think they're improving. I think maybe three 0 flattered St Mirren at the weekend, whereas Inverness were quite unfortunate. And this season, as opposed to last season, it seems to be their home form which um, might save them if they can stay in the SPL. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 Inverness win. Um, I'll go far 1-0 to St Mirren. And the uh, next game up is Kelly St Johnson. And I went for a, a 1-1 draw there with Santaza scoring St Johnson's goal. Yeah, I went 1-1 as well. Um, Kelly seemed to have dropped off a bit 
in recent weeks. They were very impressive, although they did take apart Queen of the South in the week, so they did what a lot of SPL teams don't do, and that's be very yeah. efficient against the kind of first division side. Um, Heffernan really seems to have an eye for a goal, so I fancy him to get a goal again if we're going to be precise. But St. Johnson improving, they're very organised, they're hard to break down, and they have found some goals with Sandasa. So maybe 1-1, Heffernan and Sandasa to score. Yeah, Heffernan sitting on five goals, setting top in the, the SPL scorers. So yeah, impressive start. He's got a hat-trick in the week as well, so same as O'Connor. Must be maybe the same goals tally in total as O'Connor, is it? So very good yeah. signing by Kenny Shields. Yeah, um, I'll go for 2-0 to Kilmarnock. They're pretty good at home, so I'll take them for the win. And uh, the next game on Saturday is Rangers against Hibs. And, well, Hibs have been fairly poor this season, although they've, they seem to, to start scoring goals now, especially against Dundee United. But I still think they're going to struggle against Rangers, who I think have been playing well despite taking the eye off the ball in the League Cup. So I've went for 4-1 Rangers with Hibs goal coming from O'Connor. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't put it past them to score at Ibrox. And they did have that shock result under Calderwood last season when they were struggling and they put three past Rangers at Ibrox. Can't see it happening again, but I fancy both teams to score. So I went 3-1 Rangers. Um, I'll go for 2 all. Oh, 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. yeah, it's controversial. Well, Hibs have picked up a wee bit of form and... They sometimes they they were I think last year, even though they weren't playing well, they went and won it. Did not win it, I but it's three 0 Three 0 yeah. That's the one I was stating. Yeah, they called it one um, his first. When I think it was his first win actually. Yeah, the the night the Edinburgh teams both won, didn't they? Yeah, and that was after Hibs had I think they they had one shot against us in Edinburgh Derby, one shot on goal, and then they went to Ibrox and won three 0 the game after. So it shows shows how. How shows shows how unpredictable football can be at times. On Sunday, Hearts play Celtic live on Sky Sports Four, and unfortunately, Laurie, I've seen Celtic has been too strong in this one, and I've went for a three-one victory to Celtic. I'm struggling to call this one. Really, am because we've been that bad the last two games that it would just be typical that we'd go and beat Celtic. Um, but of course, it's Celtic. However, I'm obviously going to be blinded by the maroon specs. As you know, oh, we all, we all, we've all got our, we can't help but see our own team's potential to win. I'm concerned I've not went with an away win yet with any of these games, but I'm going to go Hearts 2, Celtic 1. Um, even my dad is he actually coming through for, and he, he doesn't usually go to the Celtic matches anymore. Um you can understand why people would stop bothering. There's always a bit of, bit of nastiness at them. But he's actually come through for it, so I'm going to go with my dad for a change to Heart Celtic. So let's just, let's just see. I mean, the last time he came to see Heart Celtic, we actually got a penalty against them. So you never know. I'm going to go 2-1 Hearts because I'm just blinkered. Can't help. Um, I think I would predict in this one Celtic just to maybe sneak it by a goal. Um, but they might might struggle after Europe, maybe. Fitzgerald yeah. on Thursday. Sometimes that has a kind of adverse effect on games. We can only hope. <laughs> well, me. I, that's that works seamlessly as well. It does. It does. I'm telling you, see the see the script that I write out before this podcast. It's it's well written. Yeah, pity you don't show it does. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, moving on nicely to Celtic's game against Udinese on. I like to, I'd like to say Thursday evening, but it's a six o'clock kickoff, so. So it's Thursday. Early evening. evening. Early evening. Okay. <laughs> I think that's for TV in Italy, so that they can show it. So I think that's why the, the fixture's been changed. Yeah. After, I remember the complaints last year with the, the SPL games that kicked off at 6 o'clock. Yeah. So it's it's live on ESPN. Uh, I just think that Udinese are going to have too much for Celtic. Although the Celtic are at home, I think that Udinese are going to win this one 2-1. It's a really, it's gonna be a really tough one for Celtic. I think the way they struggle against Inverness as well. Udinese looked at the Serie A table; they're joint top at the moment with Juventus, uh, unbeaten in their opening four games, and they've went to their well, their first away game of the season was at the San Siro, and they drew one-one with Milan. So you know they're no, um, they're no mugs. 
put the lace in. I, I watched him against Arsenal, and I thought for long spells in the game, they're really impressive. And Dean Natale, who you just I can't believe he's 33 when you watch him play. He just seems to be fantastic. And I'm looking at their games this season. Um, he scored in every game. Um, the first, well, the first four games in Italy. The last game was a nil-nil, so he's a top scorer. I'm going to be optimistic, though. I'm going to say Celtic will get a draw. I'm going to go 1-1. Yeah, I, would, I think maybe kind of one all as well. Um, another player I think to watch out for for Udinese is the boy. Is, I'm not sure whether to pronounce it right, but Torzi, um, young Romanian guy that I think has come into the place, Sanchez. Um, he's a kind of young talent to watch out for. So I think that, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, thanks for coming on again, John. Thought it was good. Oh, it's uh, good to be back on. Just just before I go, I'd just like to give a mention to my, my other team. A, a few of you might know I support the, the juniors in Auckland Lake Talbot. Yep. Um, they won 2-1 away to Lossamouth yesterday in the Scottish Cup first round. So just thought I'd throw that in. Is that your big team? And then you've, you've got... That's Ab- the big team now, yeah. You've got, Aber- yeah that's my big you've got Aberdeen on the side, just as... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> and thanks once again, Laurie. No worries. Right, cheers, and I hope you, you enjoyed your cup of tea earlier. I did. I'm on to my pint of Budweiser just now. I did, I am dying for the loo now. I was, I'm hoping we can get going as soon because I don't know if to do a Craig Brown interview style <laughs> and finish it up as I'm, as I'm going mid that was That was brilliant, yeah. <laughs> right, so thanks, and uh, well, I'll see you next week. Cheers. Yeah, see you next. Bye bye.